Welcome to another rock and rolling episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. Uh, I will be your host, guide, enthusiastic member of the podcast tonight, Monster. Joining me is my musical cohort in opinions, Mr. Danger. Say hello, Danger. Hello, Danger. And this is a strange one because, you know, this is Breakdowns for Breakfast. And so it's morning that we are releasing these and hopefully people are listening to them in the morning. So at least makes sense why they're called breakdowns for breakfast, but we're recording this one at night. Usually we do them like, you know, earlier in the day. So true, true, true. It's a, it's a little strange, but I, uh, musical cohort in opinion. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I love the thought of of people in like a suit and tie driving to their corporate job at nine, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, listening to us discuss heavy metal and metalcore and breakdowns and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, there were plenty of times where when I wore a a, a tie to work that I would be, you know, listening to metal or whatever in my car before I got out yep. and went into my corporate hotel general manager job. So Anyway, love it. Take it away, monster. Take it. So today away. we are here to discuss a record by a band called Issues. The album is Beautiful Oblivion, released on October fourth, twenty nineteen. I might be showing my cards a little by wearing my Issues Beautiful Oblivion tour shirt. Um, how are you? Okay, how are you showing your cards? Because you're just wearing the shirt <laughs> of the band that we're talking about, which. I have several, you know, bands like like Pearl sure, Jam shirt. This shirt you actually gave me for Christmas. Love. I this did. Shirt, I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And when we uh, discuss a Pearl Jam album, I may wear this or my other Pearl Jam shirt. I don't know. We'll see. But there's, I see nothing wrong with wearing the shirt of the band that we're talking about. At least you're not wearing that shirt to go see the band live. Just saying. No, no. And and in all fairness, I had to decide which one of the four issue shirts I wanted to wear for so, this episode. So what you're saying is that it was an issue deciding which one you were going to wear. <sighs> what I was trying to say was I'm a fan of this band and I'm a fan of this album. So oh, I'm I'm going to fit them in where I am. I'm going to fit <laughs> okay, them in Okay, good. Please do. Please do. <laughs> it's the joke that just keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Much like the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> I'm wearing the shirt. I went to the tour. I've made it clear that I am a fan. Danger, how do you feel about Issues? How do you feel about this record? So, Issues was not a band that I knew about before this record. And I kind of found them or was introduced to them or they were sent to me. I don't remember. Um, the fiance, when she and I met, we were singing a lot of music back and forth. And she actually turned me on to this band. And it was around the same time as so many other bands that they kind of just got lost in the mix of it. Now, I don't have a lot of bad feelings towards this band at all. Now, I think it's really impossible to talk about the band without talking about uh, Mr. Carter, you know, but we're, we're not going to be talking about that so much as much as this album, because this album is not his issues. Ha, did it again. But Ooh, but but it is. But it is. Okay. Well, I'm I'm interested to see how you, you yeah. smash that together. But this band kind of got lost in some other ones. Fair enough. But they kind of showed up every once in a while on Spotify playlists. And 
I never found myself skipping the the uh, the band when they came on, the songs when they came on. And the more I dove into this album, I have very very mixed feelings about this this album, as I feel like this album is a mixed feeling within itself. So so I was turned turned on to issues pretty early on they did a cover of boyfriend by justin bieber mm-hmm. um back in the maybe 2014 2013 really? that long? yeah it was okay. yeah so well okay so the band formed in 2014 in atlanta georgia the band went through all kinds of lineup changes but the main thing that people need to know is that the the big draw to issues was the the dual vocal thing they had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you already mentioned him. Tyler Carter was the clean vocalist in Michael Bond, I think. B-O-H. Yes. Yeah, um, I, I read it as Bond. So Okay, okay. He was the screamer of the yeah. band. and Which is not uncommon to have in, no. in bands that do that. So We came as Romans. I prevail. A lot of bands do this. Yeah. But the thing that separated them, even on their first EP and their first full-length album, was Michael Bond was a fairly typical screamer in most regards, but Tyler Carter was not a typical metalcore clean vocalist. No, his his tone and his delivery was much more in line with Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake, uh, even a little bit of... Um, Oh, what's his name? The Maroon 5 guy. Oh, Adam uh, Levine. Adam Levine. Like, uh, there's a lot more of that than your typical, you know, clean metal vocalist. He sounds and He sounds trained. He does. And I'll be honest with you, I remember playing this for my brother, whose his favorite bands are Metallica, Iron Maiden. He's very old school. Um, and, and he, but he loves like Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park and that kind of stuff too. And I remember playing this, one of their older tracks for him. And I remember during the screaming part and the heavy part, he was like, okay, this ain't bad. And as soon as Tyler Carter started singing, he busted out laughing. And he was like, what the hell is this? So, Right from the get-go, this is a very polarizing band. Now, they went through all these lineup changes, but shortly before they started working on this record, which I, I can't remember if we said it or not, came out October 4th, 2019, um, Michael Bond was kicked out, let go, quit, something to that effect. Um, the album before this, Headspace, you could already tell the band was starting to go into a little different direction. Mm-hmm. They were starting to leave the metalcore stuff behind and getting a little more new metal, a little more jazz and punk, uh, pop influenced. Yeah. Um, and even Michael Bond started doing some clean vocals on that record. But by the time Beautiful Oblivion started getting worked on, he was let go and Tyler Carter took over soul vocal responsibilities. Now, um, I do know that um, Michael Bond was actually on part of this album. So he was actually let go during the uh, the recording of it, which so one of the interesting things I thought about this album was that, okay, so th- what I wrote down was uh, Beautiful Oblivion is about an album, uh, is an album moving on from negative experiences, toxic people, and painful memories. And for issues, that includes family, friends, and apparently their own band. Yes. Because Michael Bond 
is credited on the album. He does have some vocal work on the album. Not a lot, but there's, uh, I think it's track four is where we hear really the first, you know, unclean, true unclean guttural vocals. And that's Michael Bond. But nope. it, it's not. Okay. No, nope. from, from it's uh, what I found it was. So it's, it's AJ uh, Rabolo. Rabolo. Okay. It's the guitar player. Okay. From what um, I read, it was. So they track from, one has a little bit of backing vocals from Skylar Accord, their bass player. Yeah. He, he sings like part of the bridge. And then AJ does the harsh vocals on track four, um, tapping out because. You can actually, there's definitely a big difference between those guys' voices. Well, I know that Tapping Out is AJ's song. So, yeah. you know, I, I did a bit of digging in on, on some sure, of Sure, sure. But uh, they had Tyler Accord on it as well, who did Turntables, which I can't remember which song it was. I had do have a, a, a note written about it, but uh, he did Turntables, Keyboards, Synthesizers, Keytar, and Samples from in 2012 and 2015. Or excuse me, from 2012 to 2015, officially in the band, but he was yeah. 2015 to present. He's just a, a session musician. And so with this, you know, I, I did go back and listen to older stuff and it was, a, you know, headspace and you definitely hear, I don't hear so much the jazz turn on it as much as I do the definitely moving towards that um, synthy, you know, sort of, you know, comfortable eighties yeah. spot. And and you hear a lot more of that on this album, which is, you know, fine by all means. So you have somebody who is heavily involved in that process. And so then they are a session musician in the studio with them while they're recording it. And they're going, okay, wait, we want you to be here on this part, but no, we don't want your opinion on this part. <laughs> and so yeah. it felt very once I started to figure that out, it was like, I, I feel like there was a bit of, of pushing and pulling. And uh, from everything I saw, Michael Bond was let go of the band in 2018. And this started to be recorded in 2017. And so he was still a part of the band when this album was starting to be worked on. And so I, I feel like with those two things, Michael Bond and Tyler Accord, I felt like there was a bit of, uh, angst within certain parts of it of just you know where they were given a chance to have input on certain parts and then just gone from another part from most of it so if you go from black diamonds all the way through to beautiful oblivion you will hear the sound shift every record has that mix of metal rap pop uh electronica dance like it's all in every record but every record still feels very different. Yeah. Um, and, and on headspace, the record before this, you could definitely tell they were going in a more, I don't want to use the word commercial, but they were definitely, uh, embracing the pop and embracing the hooks way more than the heavy stuff. Yeah. And which I definitely I, felt that on this. Oh, for sure. And I think they were, they were trying to get Michael bond to sing more. Mm -hmm. and, I feel like Tyler Carter has an incredible voice. Oh yeah, um, he's actually he's put out some solo records, um, kind of boy band worship kind of sound, you know. Um, but he, the dude can sing, and oh, yeah. if you like 
if you like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Justin Bieber, you'll like Tyler Carter's voice. Um, so I wonder if at some point when they were trying to get Michael Bond to sing, he was like, this is my singing voice. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I think you were exactly right. I think mm. they basically said, hey, Michael, we like you. We don't want to kick you out of the band. This is where we're going. You have to adapt. And he could not adapt. Because if you hear him sing on on Headspace, it's fine. But when you've got a clean vocalist as mature and talented as Carter, right? It why do you need him? You know. Yeah. And if you're going away from the screaming, it it doesn't make sense to have two clean vocalists. One who is literally just leaps and bounds better yeah. than the other. Well, uh, he he is such a strong vocal presence, you know, and he has an amazing range, and he shows it on a lot of these songs. Yes. On a lot of this album, I kind of feel like some of these songs are just almost written for him to run and and play within it, which and, is fine. And it's, it works. And as somebody, as somebody who has seen them live, and as somebody who has, you know, watched live videos before this and stuff, Tyler Carter had the potential to be a, a star. Yeah. I truly think, like, I, I saw something recently, um, one of the openers on the Beautiful Oblivion tour was Sleep Token. And we'll get to Sleep Token here pretty soon. I've heard a lot of people say, for as weird as Sleep Token is, because of the vocals, because of the diversity, they have the potential to be mainstream. I always felt that Issues was right on the cusp of mainstream. Because this is like, this is like Jonas Brothers metal. This is One Direction metal. Like it is the only thing that separates a lot of the tracks on this record from being on your pop station is the heavy guitars. That's really the main difference. And because Tyler Carter got into some trouble, they kicked him out of the band. Issues is not issues without Tyler Carter in my in my opinion. Um I don't. I don't see uh, an issues without him. Yeah. They might call it issues and have someone else or bring Michael Bond back maybe at yeah. some point. I don't know. Um, but to me, he was the main thing that kept me coming back. And I mean, you can you can evolve it and you know change the name of it. Like for instance, uh, I mean, slaves needed to change their band name. You know, it just yeah. wasn't a good band name. But uh, now they they're Rain City Drive, and they dropped. Uh, I'm the guy's name escapes me now. He was in Emerosa at one point, and I actually went and saw him, and they were fantastic. Are you are you talking about Johnny Craig? Yes, Johnny Craig. Right. Sorry, I so Johnny Craig is like Johnny Craig is like Tyler Carter, but worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm not in support of, of Johnny Craig at all. Great, like, but again, great voice, except for his vocal talents. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, you seem like you were trying to kind of pinpoint what to call this and uh, call this album. And what I would call this album is, or what I would call the sound is groove metal 90s R&B. Yeah, so so here's the thing. I mean, what, we're going to smash together names. <laughs> yeah, so, so on a lot of these episodes, we go track by track or at least pull out a couple of tracks. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I can say... It's a mix of rock, pop, R&B, metal, and electronica. Like, right. just know every song has some combination of that in it. Right. 
so, d- depending on the track, varying degrees of more or less of one of the other, but yes. they're all some kind of mix of those things. Right. Absolutely. 100%. So I will give you my upfront opinion before we just dive into the album of this album. The, this, Okay. So I actually had kind of a hard time with this one because I went into it with like, all right, we're going to listen to this and, and dive into it. I did what I've done with with every other album that we've done and plenty of ones in the past, put them on in the car, put them on while I'm driving and or put them on in the car, put them on while I'm cooking. And there were certain parts that really hit. There were certain parts that didn't. There were um, a, a song or two that it was kind of like, you're still on. Like this album's still going. There, most of this album was amazing and shining this is not my favorite album, but all the parts of what would make my favorite album are here. But this mm-hmm. just isn't my favorite album. This is a great album, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of it is actually fighting with itself. And I feel like they, on several songs, you know, wrote one really good song that just wasn't quite there all the way and wrote another one that was really good, just wasn't quite there all the way and got creative and figured out how to put them together. Which, which is a really interesting thing considering, um, you know, we're going to start talking about some albums that have eight or nine minute long songs. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, as someone who has been a fan of this band from day one, but I've never been a, it's not that I don't like screaming harsh vocals. I do, but I will take a Tyler Carter style voice over screaming harsh vocals any day. So even from the very beginnings of this band, their first EP, their first album, I was like, I love what they're doing here, but I like it better when Tyler Carter sings. And I would be fine if he was the only vocalist. So for me, it's, so for me, as someone who has been following this band from very early on, this doesn't feel disjointed at all. This feels like a natural progression from where they were, from where they wanted to go. And I would imagine that if they ever were to have done another record, it would have been, I don't want to say softer, but it would have been a lot more of this neo-pop, with a little bit of rock and gent thrown in there. But I think, and, and we can get into this a little bit more too. I think Tyler Carter wants, wanted to be Lady Gaga, Sam Smith. He wanted to be a star. If you look and at, I, if you look at their promo pictures, yeah. 100%. Okay. Promo pictures and music videos, music yeah. videos. I, uh, I don't think I watched the music video of theirs, but. I oh, know. okay. So, so we'll, well, I'll, I'll bring up a couple of videos here in a minute, but as far as just kind of getting into the tracks a little bit, the first album, here's the first track on the album is called here's to you. And it starts with a very 2020s pop kind of slow eerie kind of pop sound sort of like the production you would hear on like a song by the weekend or something mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden issues kicks in and you've got that heavy guitar detuned little bit of a weird groove but because of tyler carter's clean precise vocal 
it just locks in. Um, I don't know, dude. The first time I heard this song, I just I got chills. Like I was like, this is what I always wanted issues to sound like. So I don't think that this is a shining star on the album. Oh my god. But I think that this song does an amazing job of setting up the album you're about to listen to. Because you're well, right, it it does start with that kind of 80s, you know, synth, not like the uh Madonna synth, more of like the Prince synth. Yeah. I heard so much Prince all over this album. Like there was yeah. uh there was yeah, one song, fun. yeah, there was one song that, you know, if we hit on it I'll touch on it, but it's like when their first listen, I was like, is this a new Prince? song i don't know but so it was more prince than madonna and then it goes into that you know chuggy new metal just you know the issues of it all <laughs> yeah exactly and i enjoyed it i did i don't think this was the best track on the album but i do think it was a good opener because i think a good opener should do uh what we've talked before about you know it should make an impact but it should also set you up for what you're about to hear Everything, and again, I, like I said before, if I wanted to describe the sound of every song, I would use the same eight genre descriptors. They right. all have it in there. Right. So this, like you said, is a really good example of what is to come. So the next song, Drink About It. What I was going to bring up is I do like the song a lot. I think this has a good hook. It's very catchy. But the music video for this is it, it's like watching Fashion Week from Paris. Like I, I, I can see I, that. Yes. Um, again, if you want to know what dreams and aspirations Tyler Carter had, <laughs> watch this video. Yeah, this he thinks he's Lady Gaga in the video. There's like three or four different wardrobe changes. It's very over the top, fashion forward. And I totally get why metalheads wouldn't like that. Like you've got this five foot nothing gay lead vocalist dressing in outlandish outfits, literally shaking his hips about, ooh, why you do that? Like I get why this doesn't work for everybody. But for me, again, as soon as I saw it, it just, Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Okay, so there is a, another short gay metal vocalist that dresses in um, flamboyant outfits that metalheads have accepted for years. A gentleman by the That's name true. of Rob Halford. That's I mean, true. So I, I don't know. I think it actually has to do more with like what the band has made and the, you know, the albums are making and all Cause I mean, Judas priest is kind of a, you know, a staple sure, and sure. Uh, old metal head. So, okay. My notes on this album or this song or drink about it are this song is what like if R and B wanted to be metal, it would be. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, exactly. This song is an absolute banger. 100%. Yes. I love this song. Super catchy chorus. The instrumentation is brilliant. The electronic beat just lands into the instrumentation, which drops in like a hammer. Okay, so his vocals don't live in it, but it rents an apartment in falsetto. I mean, Again, his voice I, is just fluttering in it, and it's it's a banger. It is. And, and I feel like the biggest thing for a lot of people with this band is his vocals. And 
there's a there's a certain demographic of heavy metal guys that cannot accept this style of vocal on top of their metal. Yeah, and I get that. And there's a lot of bands that flirt with it. Even issues two records ago, Tyler Carter was just half of the vocals. And I think people could deal with it. But once they went full Carter, it (laughs) it changes the whole tone. Again, for me, perfect. That's what I wanted from the get-go. But for other people, I can see this being a bit much. Um, So the next song, Fine Forever... Have you ever heard uh, Heaven by Los Lonely Boys? I have. This is the heavy metal version. <laughs> That's completely fair. Um, this was another one that I said with a banger off this album. It's a uh, The saxophone of this song is yes! fantastic. Um, the gospel the choir. choir. Oh, gospel it's, choir. <laughs> it, it's almost like this, this song was just created like structured and built by musical mechanics and i mean it was just every part of this one was great um the yeah it's a banger i like it this is another so this is this is what i'm talking about when i say that i feel like this had potential to be mainstream this and a couple more songs a little bit later there's only one thing that separates this from something you would hear on your pop station and that is that guitar Yep. That is that over-distorted, weird, chuggy guitar. And that's what makes Issues so good. But I feel like between Carter's voice and the, the, the dynamics of the songs, they had the potential to creep into the mainstream a little bit more than, say, your um, Holding Absence or Emerosa or other bands that had the pop vocal but a little more just straightforward music. Like these guys were doing pop music just through like a heavy metal filter. Okay. So I feel like these guys would have been at home on a tour with Amorosa's third album, not sure. uh, third or fourth album, but not, not now, you know, yeah. um, now they've kind of gone off the deep end. I don't like them so much now, but the thing about, this song and i i thought this was an odd thing with it because that guitar you're right it's just it's a good guitar you know it makes your teeth hurt in a good way and And i and i said said, there's a version of this song that could have been a hit for somebody like harry styles or maroon fox i'm sure like there's you know it's it's just the 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 heaviness of it you know so this one, and I have the note further on down, but I always like to say whether or not an album uh, is a headphones album. This song proved to me that this was a headphones album. Like I, it is. I liked it, is. it before, but it was really strange because that that guitar that you talk about wasn't as overpowering in headphones as it was just through speakers, and that was a strange change that I wasn't expecting. It's definitely still there, but the choir is bigger in headphones and mm-hmm. and it, a big part of it is because there are certain parts of the choir that are only recorded in one side and yep. Yep. Uh, i think there's like a guy in one in in my right ear yeah. the whole time and it was like i like it i'm good we're we're here for this so and then that saxophone yep. perfect it was. now again and i don't know if we necessarily have to do every single song but i did want to bring up the next one too tapping right. out yep because this was the first single, and when they first released it, I was a little disappointed 
Yes. Now, in retrospect, I understand why this was the first single, but it's not one of my favorite on the track on, on the record. It's not and mine either. I think the reason that it's not my favorite is it sounds like it could have been on any other issues album. Yep. This especially with the the much more metalcore breakdown at the end with to be determined AJ or Michael Bond screaming over the the riff um i don't hate it but i just feel like it's a step or two back from the first three tracks that we just heard so i this is not one of my favorites and this is one of the tracks that i think actually had Michael Bond's influence and it was actually like written and recorded and it was almost like the rest of the band felt the best about this song, like in their performance of this song. And they were like, you know what? This is one that we should put on the album, but I don't even feel like they feel like it should be on the album. And it was like, Michael Bond was out and then AJ came in and, and screamed and it's like, Okay, hey, and hey, I'll I'll really I'll back down on the Michael or AJ thing. I'll just give you AJ. I mean, it's not worth it. <laughs> I think I I'm yeah. not a I'm not a hundred percent either, but I'm pretty sure. Um, but I think like they were aware that this album would not satisfy all of their previous fans. Yeah. So they released a song that had some screaming in it that did have a metalcore breakdown to just say, "Hey, we're still the same band." We're going to be a little different. We're going to add a, a gospel choir and some saxophone, but we're still that issues that you love. See, we've got screaming. And so I think it's interesting, especially sandwiched between um, Fine Forever, which is track three, and then yeah. Without You, track five, which I think track five Without You shares a lot of similarities to track three, that it's just a big pop song that just has a little heavy guitar in it. Um and and they kind of sandwiched this one in there like, hey, th- we know a lot of our old fans like this, so here you go. Now, that's not to say there's not some heavy shit coming in a couple of songs, yeah. but... I feel like, yeah, um, this seemed like a standard rap outing to me. Like, he, yeah. like it was something he could still do, and I think you're right that they probably did kind of give this as an offering of like, hey guys, we're still here, yeah. and we're still these same guys that you know. And the video, especially for as, I hate to use the word flamboyant, but for as like over the top as drink about it, the video is, the video for tapping out is very, they're in a dingy abandoned house performing the song. Like it's very, again, typical metalcore. Like yeah. that's what you expect from a metalcore band. Right. Um, I think so metalcore still on, borrows like video uh, references from like the mid 90s. <laughs> It does. It does. They're very grungy. Yeah. 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 Um, so album's still going. Everything's great. Everybody's having a good time. The next song I wanted to talk about though was uh Downfall. Okay. So you're going on this ride, and like I said, every song is a mix of metal, pop, R and B, electronic, or whatever. Now you get to Downfall. Downfall is super super heavy mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound that heavy at the beginning it sounds sort of fits in with the rest of the record it goes into and i've heard a couple of different um <laughs> a couple of different tuning decisions but it's something like drop c sharp 
a second time. So So I have have double drop C sharp tuned guitar. Okay, so, So, so for anybody that doesn't know how guitars work, I'm a guitar player, and I barely know how guitar works. But essentially, it's good to know now. Like now, it makes sense to me what I've been hearing. (laughs) So essentially, what they did was they down tuned the guitar to where the lowest note is a C sharp. On a standard tuned guitar, it's an E. These guys play seven strings, so the standard tuning is probably a B. They probably drop it to an A, maybe even an A flat somewhere in that neighborhood. So they go lower to C sharp, and then they go an entire. 12 steps down again he probably played this riff on an eight string possibly a nine string guitar it's just one little like during the breakdown this that one little section but again in headphones it just rumbles Uh, like it is so (laughs) i felt like my headphones were going to rattle off of my head yes so I, this one was really strange because there was a little thing that if you haven't heard it, you will after I say this, but there is a little hi-hat stop, just like a, and then it goes into the heaviness and then, yeah. and then 20 seconds in complete 180 turn to kind of a cleaner thing. And then it's introduced um, a drum and bass part, which I yep. learned was actually yep. done by inner Shikari's Rue Reynolds. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which I thought was neat. And then, I mean, it just ramps up so quick and it's kind of like, it's, it's great. It really is. But it's like, it's like, it gave me no time to get there before we were there. (laughs) True. Now that's another thing. And again, I like that. These are tight, short songs. Oh, I'm not against it at all. It it was just, it was a surprise at kind of how fast. This is one that they definitely have a specific guitars on stage for this song. Oh yeah. And then after the song, they're done. And we kind of glossed over this, but track six is called Rain. Track seven is called Downfall. Track eight is called Second Best. You say it gets better, but I don't want to hear it. Want to learn the hard way. Go talk somebody else. And track nine is called Get It Right. Coming, I'm a maker. I'm a maker. You. All of these songs, you could almost tell by the the titles alone, most of the vocals are very introspective. Mm -hmm. They're very much about being a disappointment and being disappointed. Carter is obviously dealing with a lot of issues um, (laughs) on this record. (laughs) And, And I think this section of the album, you really feel it. I mean, the very first line of the very first song is I might have effed up today, yep. but I'm too effed up to care. Like, 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 like we said, it does a good job of setting up the rest. <laughs> exactly. So you know that this is a very personal record. Now, yes. we kind of glossed over this at the beginning. 
Tyler Carter was kicked out of the band in, I think it was 2021. I believe so. Um, okay. Hang on. I got um, it here. Go on. Due to grooming. Uh, 2020. Sexual... It was the end of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Okay. Sexual misconduct, grooming charges. The The story goes that he was in correspondence with someone who was underage. I don't know a lot of details. I know that some of the guys in the band took it very much like, hey, full stop, no discussion. You are in the wrong. We will not debate this. You're out. And he had, there was no, oh, he's changed. We'll let him, like, there was none of that. It was, hey, what you did is the worst of the worst. You're gone, period, goodbye. We're not going to listen to any debate or wait for any more facts. We've heard enough. You're gone. Um, And if I understood correctly, it actually happened not on tour, but they definitely were not at home. They had gone somewhere to play a show sort of deal. From what I understand, it was a text exchange, email exchange. It was him corresponding with a, a younger man. I was talking I about when he got fired. I was talking about like, in, oh, in, yeah. I, I, I don't. The nature in which somebody like their way of going about grooming somebody, it's bad enough already. I don't care how you did it. Like, yeah, there's no good way around it. So this is one of those examples. Can you separate the art from the artist? It's one of those things that, like, he he did not physically assault this person. There is no statutory whatever. There was no charges brought against him. It was, you know, and, and of course, Tyler released a, a you know, three, four page apology explanation behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as expected. So that might work for you. It might not be enough for you either way. I think as a musician, as just a person who who loves and consumes a large quantity of music. If I try to separate every person or musician that I disagreed with politically, sexually, whatever it was, my music collection would shrink by oh, yeah. quite a yeah. quite a big amount. So for me, I can I, I can listen to this, but the point I'm trying to make is you can hear in the lyrics he's got some stuff. Damn it. I was trying got to some issues. I was trying I know, to get you around I, it. I was trying to get around it for you. He's got some stuff it. going on. Yeah. He does. Um, yeah, I, so, and, and I'm with you entirely. That was something that I kind of came to the conclusion of years ago of I've got to stop letting the you know letting the way that somebody is, letting the artist and the artist's personal life interfere. And actually one of the best explanations I've ever heard of this was actually from Aziz Ansari, the stand-up comedian. And he was talking sure. about how at a show he uh he's like, you know, did you guys see that documentary that came out about R. Kelly? That was disgusting. He was he's messed up. He peed on little girls and blah blah. Man, who here is done listening to R. Kelly? And the crowd went crazy and he was like do you guys see that documentary about Michael Jackson? He's like, who's here? Who here's done? And like, like two people clapped. And it's like, it, and he was like, Hey, you know, some of y'all sit there going, I got a wedding coming up. You know, I can't stop listening to him. I mean, y- there's a certain portion of it that you have to. And I think there's certain, certain people that it's like so disgusting that you can't and find whatever, but that's on the individual listener. This is a damn good album. There's, this is a damn good album. You know, now, and, and I, his shit's out there in the open. You know, it's a band called Issues. You got to go in thinking there's going to be something going on. 
maybe we'll address Michael Jackson on another on another episode because that's a whole other can of worms. But but you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So after that segment of the album, back to the album now. <laughs> yeah. So after that section, track ten and track eleven. Track ten is called Flexin. My flexion is a problem. And track 11 is called No Problem. You don't know the words you say, they hold weight. I won't fake it at this stage. Probably wouldn't stop the drifting away. It's just hard to live with the Both of these are just fun, upbeat pop songs. And what's really funny is Flexin started off as a joke. Because the lyrics are all about being broke but spending too much. Yeah. And it was literally from from the story I read was they were like, Tyler, you gotta write some lyrics. We gotta get this record out. We gotta work on this record. And he started like bullshitting about some dumb stuff and they just kind of wrote around it. And this turned into a single. They have a music video for this. And it's pretty funny. They're all in old man makeup at like a retirement home rocking out. It, it's kind of cute. It's funny. I mean, Flexen's a fun and catchy song. Yeah, I feel like he was uh, channeling his inner peaches, and <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, yeah. And during the chorus, he channeled his inner prince. Like it's the chorus that made me that yes, made me think. This, like, yep. is this a new Prince song that's been released from his vault? But yep. it's it's all over that song. And the thing about it is, it's a fun, catchy song. You could tell listening to it that it's not a serious song whatsoever, and. Yep. I, I 100% believe what you say. Like they just are writing stuff around it. And it was like, Hey, this, this one works. Let's put it on the album. And then the very next song, no problems. It's the same kind of thing. It's a funky pop song. It's a love song. It, it's got, it gets a little bit back into that Prince Michael Jackson territory a little very bit. So. And, and the lyrics are kind of silly again. It's just, it's just a fun one. And then all of that comes to a halt with, the next track, Your Sake. To this day, wish I could be somebody else for your sake. Wish I could be somebody else. Wish I could be somebody else. So before Which, we move on, so no problem. Okay, I found actually was the first song written for the, for the album. Yeah. The first yeah. one. Now, do you know what this song is about? No, because I skipped it every damn time. That I it's, caught it was on. It was one of those that I remembered. It's like, oh, wait, you're still here. So this is one of those songs that, as I mentioned earlier, Tyler Carter has released some solo material. He has a really good solo album. I think it's called Moonshine or something like that. It's it's really good. Uh, he also is the vocalist for a quote unquote band called Emerald Royce. It's not yep. really a band, but but that's sort of a Tyler Carter solo record. This would slot well on either one of those. This is just a piano ballad. It's just Tyler singing along with it. It's one of those songs that uh, when I'm typically listening to this record, I tend to skip as well, simply because it's so emotionally overpowering that 12 songs into this funky neo soul pop record, you don't want it. It's I get why it's there. I get why I, I could imagine the guys being like, uh, Tyler, this is 
doesn't really fit in him being like, I need to get this off my chest. But basically what it is, is it's him singing to a girlfriend and trying to say, look, I love you. You're amazing. I don't like women. I, I can't be with you. It's a lie to myself and to you. And I get it. Like it, it definitely is. He's bearing his soul. And I understand that it's a powerful song, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like I'm having so much fun on this record. Mm -hmm. Granted, the lyrics hit some heavy topics. You can they tell do. Carter's fighting with some stuff in this, in this album, but we just came off of flexing and no problems. Like you're having a good time now. And this is, this is a rough thing. Me personally, uh, they, they did this on a, on a previous album too, where they kind of had a couple of heavy hitters and then had like a piano ballad kind of near the end. To me, this is hidden track. This is bonus material. If Tyler Carter hadn't released a couple of solo records, it, it would have made more sense. But this should have been on one of those, in in my opinion, as a huge issues fan. I yeah. I would have left this off the record. So one of the notes I wrote down is this song is an issue. <laughs> and it really it it is, and you're right. You're having a lot of fun. The momentum is moving. You're you're grooving. You're just into it because I feel like after that, like the first two songs, the album just moves and it doesn't slow down. Yeah. Like it just it moves. And and those first two songs are not bad songs. I mean, the there's some songs as we talked about, you know, that don't quite hit on it. But but at least for me personally, but every song has an upbeat an upbeat movement to it like yeah. you're you're enjoying yourself your sake 100% agree it should have been hidden track like you know after the uh like 5 minutes of silence that we talked about at the last one right. or just left all together left off altogether and them go hey you know what Tyler we'll give you this song as one you could play live to where when we need a break and the crowd right. needs a break you could do this one and it'll bring things down a little bit and then we'll pick it up into the next song and everything will be fine. But it should not have been on this album, period. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just coming out of that song. But then Beautiful Oblivion. Beautiful Oblivion. I can't feel you now. I'm in love with Sorta doesn't really connect with me either and i almost feel like if your sake is not there and we just go from flexing no problems and then into beautiful oblivion that sounds like the slow down more like that sounds like the final track of a lincoln park record to me it makes sense as the last track but your sake just kind of throws this weird left hook into everything that's I, I really feel like Beautiful Oblivion is fine. It fits, but because your sake is before it, it feels weird. Yep. Like it has this whole other vibe that I don't think they intended for. It would have played better in my ears had your sake not been there. So your sake really does break the momentum. And I think you're right. It would have been okay. It would have been fine at best. If you're if for if your sake can't get my words right now if your sake had not been there but 
I feel like if you are giving me a title track of an album, it should be better. And the thing about this song is, and this is another one, if 90s R&B could be rock, it would be this. And this is a decent closer to the album, but this is definitely not a wow track to me. This does not make me go, oh, we got to listen to this again. No, I'm jumping back to flexing or something else early in the album. And the thing about this song is the first verse, like the intro, first verse and chorus, they're very passable to me. They're forgettable to me. It's like second verse till the end when I he starts repeating cloud nine when the yeah. distorted vocal, I don't think it's needed. Like it just ends on this like weird note for the album and it just stops suddenly just stops. It, it's one of those cases where I feel like they had a pretty cool song and they didn't want to leave it off the record, but they didn't know what to do with it. That's so they a were fair assessment. Like, and, and they were like, well, it's, the title track we might as well like it, it feels like to me i would imagine they had the title of the album before they wrote this song like i believe i don't that, yeah. i don't think they wrote this song and went we have to name the album after this like that yeah. doesn't i don't i don't feel that i think it's fine i think that it is definitely colored by the fact that your sake comes before it which gives it more of a dour feel than i think they intended because when it first starts, I hear that Justin uh, Justin Bieber, what do you mean kind of production at the front of it. And then it kicks into more issues style with the guitar and everything. But yeah, like it, it just, it doesn't have the same impact that the first 11, 12 songs do. Right. You know? And the thing about it is I think 11 and up is a good album count. When you've got this many tracks for an album already, and you can leave one off like your sake, do it. Just do it. You know, let let the momentum kind of slow down with Beautiful Oblivion and and let it come to a close, not on the drop that it does. That that was something that just was very off-putting to me about that song. Yeah, and and as much as I like hearing Tyler Carter just belt it out and full of emotion and, and all that. I don't, I don't know. Like part of me is like, okay, a lot of albums put this big soft ballad in the middle as kind of just a transition into the second half of the record. It's not even in the middle though. It's like awkwardly at the end. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so would it play better if you bumped it up to track six, seven, eight, something like that. But I don't think so. No, I just, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, even the songs that get a little bit heavier lyrically, like content-wise, they're still about drinking and partying and sex. And this is a very pop-focused record. Mm-hmm. That song, Your Sake, is just a soul-bleeding, just absolute heartbreaker. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a great performance, but I just, I just don't know how it fits on this album. I feel like that was where uh, Carter wanted to show off that he could sing the way he does, which should be left live. Which should be left on his solo records, which he has yeah. a few of. So, like, I, I, I don't know, because that by the time this record came out, I think he had already put out a solo record. So I, I, I can't imagine that he was like, hey, guys, I have to get this out. You are the only conduit that I have. Like, no, you, you have these, this other, you know, source of 
you know, getting this things out of your body. So I, yeah, that's, I will say that this album is almost like perfection until the last couple songs. And then yeah. I start to kind of lose it. All right. So do you have your, your, that's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. do you want to, yeah. do you want to end this out? Do you want All me right. to go or do you want to go? We'll, we'll, we'll both go. We'll both go. <laughs> Okay, we'll start reading at the same time. <laughs> all right, and we'll read on top of each other the entire time. <laughs> all right, for all of its big wins, Beautiful Oblivion does have the odd low point. I don't think anyone uh, is thinking after listening, my two favorite songs are Get It Right and No Problem. Other than being two of the three songs that I found myself forgetting they were even still there, they are definitely the weakest points, but are still genuinely good songs but they are forgettable tracks of the album, which speaks volumes. The fact that the most forgettable songs in the album to me are still genuinely good songs. The third song is an un, or excuse me, not, not third song. I did put third song, but I don't mean it. The, the second to last song is an unneeded piano ballad uh, that I skipped almost every time. If not just for the sake of pace, as we mentioned, while imperfect um, isn't, for lack of trying, Beautiful Oblivion sees issues pushing their R&B poppy moods into funk rock with licks of metalcore. And that's the thing about it. It was just little bits of metalcore to me. And I, I still think it's stranger they're actually categorized as a metalcore band. And there's not a lot of metalcore on I've I've seen them categorized, like, when you go to Wikipedia, you can, like, see the genre tags. And I've seen the first genre tag be metalcore. I've seen the first genre tag be new metal, and I, I like both of those things. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you call issues. It's its own genre. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, beautiful oblivion has uh, has got hooks for days, brilliant guitar and bass tones, and Tyler Carter vocally lives over all these well produced instrumentals. Passive listeners who only want the breakdown chug issues may be pissed off by this new album. But those who choose to listen will find enjoyable, catchy pop metal album. This song was an almost perfect moment that is now gone forever. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> you well, what's your one to ten? Oh, sorry. I uh, <laughs> sorry. Eight point seven. I give this album an eight point seven. This okay. is a good album, but it's not a it's not a perfect album. It's that's that's very high, and that makes yeah. me feel very good because I was a little bit worried because. Well, I'll just I'll just go ahead and kind of read my thing here. Um, so actually, in giving this an eight point seven, I was like, "There's very few albums that are going to break into nines. <laughs> yes. So and and so that's something that we'll address as the show goes on. It's hard to give anything too high of a ranking because new music by bands we love come out all the time, and you never know. This could be like one of your favorite records, but then something comes along and it just smashes your precon preconceived notions of what great music can be. Well, see, and that's why I think it's important to examine each album individually and not compare it to other things. Even though I have talked about where I've listened to older stuff and all, uh, I think Caroline spine, it was like their album before the one we listened to was the one where I was like, this is actually good. I like this, but it's like, can't compare it to their stuff. It's just, you have to take the album for itself. And in a case like this, a band that had been around, you know, for several years before this record came out, I think it's interesting to note, like, 
okay, this is how they started and they got to this point. You know, not that you have to dissect every previous record, but just to familiarize yourself with, oh, they really did mature or change or or whatever. Okay, Um, Which I do want to go back and listen to the earlier stuff now. I I tried not to during this. Well, here's the thing. I've loved issues from the get-go, and this will be part of my kind of wrap-up here. Issues has been one of my favorite bands since I heard their boyfriend cover years and years ago. I love pop music. I love metal. And any band that can combine the two as seamlessly as Issues does totally works for me. I prefer them without Michael Bond. I think Michael Bond is fine, but he rooted them in a very standard metalcore sound. Once they let Tyler Carter have the reins, they fully embraced the pop and neo soul and R and B and they became their own thing. I understand if not everybody loves it, but like I said before, it's almost its own genre. You've got sleep token. You've got some other bands that mix pop and piano ballads with metal, but there's nothing that sounds like issues. Um, Beautiful Oblivion is probably the most mature and least metal album issues ever did. Uh, but it's still loaded with heavy riffs and weird time signatures and stuff. Um, I, I feel like the full blown pop vocals had potential to break into the mainstream, but they weren't going to let go of the, the metal riffs and tonality that kind of got them where they were. Um, I think Tyler Carter had aspirations of being a pop star. He might have been able to reach those dreams had he not fallen into some issues. Um, But for what it is, what's on this record, I think is just about flawless. I think the, between the guitar riffs, the slap funk bass, the Prince, Michael Jackson, Justin Bieber, vocal delivery, mixed with the like modern pop production is something all of its own. And even if you don't love what we're saying here, it's something interesting to at least listen through one time just to consume it and be like, what are these guys doing? Somehow this album manages to be brutally heavy and obnoxiously catchy all at the same time. 100%. One to 10 give it about a 9.5 really this is if if, that's high if i were to do i was thinking about this earlier i've done a top 10 favorite albums of all time and when i came up with that list it was probably in like 2012 2015 it was before this album was created i think if i were to go back and do a top 10 now this would very likely be in there or at the very least, if I did like a top 25, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. I would have to, it would put it this way. Definitely in my top 25 contender for my top 10, other than the last two tracks, I like adore every song on this record. It's just the last couple tracks. They're not bad. They would be, bangers on lesser albums it's just so many great songs precede them that they fall flat so yeah this is right up there man this is this is easily one of my favorite records it breaks my heart that we'll probably never get another issues record um 
I have kept not, up with, not another issues record with Tyler Carter. Yeah, and and I have kept up with Tyler Carter. I know that he's doing some stuff with um, oh, what are they called? I don't know. It's it's a Japanese rock band. He he's like the vocal coach or something. Uh, no, it's not them. Uh, he works with Teddy Swims a lot. He's put out some solo stuff. Like I know he's still active, but there's something about the combination of the musicianship here with his vocals. It, it's kind of lightning in a bottle. I don't know if it'll ever be captured again. It's this is damn near perfect for what I like to listen to. So. Yeah, this is a big one for me. And it occurred to me as you were as you were closing up, the songs on this album that are so that are good are so good they almost make the the pitfalls forgivable and exactly forgettable. And it's the falls that actually drop this for me because the songs that are good are so damn good. So That's with fair. that being said, this has been our conversation about issues beautiful oblivion if you have not listened to this album oh you owe it to yourself to go listen to it i don't please do i don't give a damn what kind of music you like if you like this if you listen to this show then i assume that you like the same type of music that we if there is a if there is a genre of music that you enjoy there's probably at least a hint of that thrown into this album somewhere absolutely absolutely so so with that being said what are we discussing next time next week we are you you did uh, mention longer songs. <laughs> Next week we are going to be talking Coheed and Cambria's "In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. <laughs> the fact that you can't even say the name with a straight face, I think. No, I think no, it's a good segue. <laughs> no, it's because I know what it's doing to you. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I will leave all of that for next time. So, good morning. Have a good day at work. Thank you for listening. Bye. Later.